Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. What are the tools that product managers need in their job to be successful about the existing product that they're owning? I have a lot of thoughts about this as well. So why don't you kick us off? (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're, it's funny as if you're thinking about that, right? It's like every PM they're coming into onboard into a new organization and you want to make that process as as simple and seamless Mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. But we also expect that, you know, they're going to need to pick up and add their own flair to it as well. I'm kind of curious, what are some of the the things that are top of mind in that category for you? Yeah. And you can't actually like give everyone that institutional knowledge, right. And and nor should they specialize in that, right. You become more of a, um, this, this flat model versus a T model where you go deep on a specific topic when you, when you hit scale, uh, in terms of PM depth and, and, um, product team depth as well. And so it becomes very important to get access to the right information and then be able to uh, drill into the details as needed. So I always look at like what tools slash information do we provide to the team so that they are empowered to execute on the strategy? Like what are those things? And so, I, so tools are super important there, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say actually the, the first thing that always leapt out at me and for our thing is like org diagram. Right. Like that's one thing that I don't know if you're, if anybody's a product lead or anything else, being able to have a quick like reference chart for who to go to for what particular aspect of the business Mm -hmm. is pretty critical. And I would say that's like one of those first things that I was thinking about yesterday is like, man, our confluence page is like two years out of date at this point, Kevin, you're still on there in terms of the growth group and the ad tech crew. Um, Oh yeah. I was a big fan of documenting. So I had a lot of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, picking a source of truth for that knowledge, right? Cause first, exactly. Yeah, that's right. First place is like, dude, who do you go to, man? Like Mm -hmm. when, and I think that's one of the interesting parts about being a product manager, right? Like, PMs, you're supposed to know in the org, not only what do I do, but who can I go to, to solve a particular problem? I feel like that's like the first bit of institutional knowledge that every PM Mm. needs to know about their org. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's super important. And again, much easier when you're at a smaller startup versus the the larger um, multifaceted product teams. Um, But, but so I think tooling there, you, you mentioned a confluence page, right? Like how do, how do you best represent or centralize this type of information? Because org charts can easily go out of date, um, you know, maybe even, you know, uh, month to month as you hire new people um, in different functions and you promote and, and people leave. And so w- what have you found most useful? Oh, man. Um <laughs> Can I say that's the ever change? That's like the growing question that never gets fully answered. <laughs> I would say, you know, I hate Confluence, but we're making some good arguments about it the other day, which is that like 
with Google Docs or Miro boards or like anything else, most of that stuff kind of goes away into the abyss when the creator leaves the company. Mm. And Confluence is one of those things that the way that it's designed, it sticks around and it Mm -hmm. can act as that like historical piece. And so we had a, a pretty good long conversation about this yesterday and it was like, yeah, you know, I know it can be kind of a bummer that we'd have to like update these things, but we should probably be putting a lot more effort into doing it in that platform and, yeah. or at least just linking out, right? Like here's our product page in Confluence and like, here's all the critical information everybody needs to know. And you know what, maybe as product directors, we should like, this should be part of our, you know, manifesto to keep this thing updated. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's the only way you, you have to democratize documentation and you have to, it, it's a, this, uh, oh, what's the right word for it, but I'll, I'll look, I'll try to find it. Cause I just try to communicate this concept that, similar to like a design system, right? Like when you're, when you're managing product design, oh, federated, right. A federated approach to uh, documentation here. Um, you have yeah. standards, right. That you want to stick towards, but you give each person the autonomy to update it and responsibility and accountability to update that as well. Yep, exactly. And I think that's, I think that's part of it is like, you know, product orgs, you have to, this was the way that I phrased it yesterday. It's like, what do you expect all of your PMs to know? And where do you expect all that information to live? And so we covered the first one, which is like, PMs should know who to talk to about what, and they should be able to get that information readily and at the click without having to always, you know, Hey, let me ask my manager. Let me ask somebody else. It's like, no, there should be a document that kind of more or less highlights everything that you need to know. Yeah. I think that it's hard to maintain, but you know, one system actually um, that I've found really helpful that does that well is not necessarily a confluence or lucid chart you know, upkeep. It's a, it's a tool, it's an HR tool called Rippling, which was really interesting. Oh, cool. I would encourage you guys to uh, take a look at that. Uh, it's probably one of the coolest HR tools that I've seen, which, you know, speaks a lot about HR tool. And it is not a promotion, I promise, but uh, <laughs> I think it was very helpful. I mean, man, you just click and go to org chart and then org chart diagram is easy. You can see who's rewarding to who and what role they're in and uh, their responsibility, their contact information. So I thought, and that, that kind of gets upkept while, when you hire people and, um, the, you know, the HR team upkeeps it as opposed to um, the PMs, which is really nice. Um, but I nice. think there's also that level of institutional knowledge of like, well, who do I actually go to? to like, who's the decision maker, which is kind of yeah. hard to understand initially. And that, that might take some time, but I think outside of just knowing who to go to, to talk to for what, um, th- there's a certain amount of data and inputs that you need to know or at least to be able to collect as a PM um, in, in things like inputs from stakeholders or industry publications or uh, thought leadership or, you know, uh, competitive analysis. Like there's so many disparate documents there and being able to kind of say, all right, this bucket is, you know, this team upkeeps this right. Competitive analysis. Yeah. I think um, you guys have like a user researcher team. So I'm assuming that's where they upkeep it in their own tool, right? Um, each team should have autonomy on tools, but at least you have like a central directory of like, all right, PMs, you go here to get this type of information. Here are the pl- platforms or here are the places. And then, yeah. you know, and I, I think huh. you're at, at that point, you're democratizing your um, learning a little bit to give them the tools more easily to empower them to execute, right? Exactly. And I mean, 
you know, so that's one part of it. There's that, that kind of piece about going, I love the idea of passing the buck to HR, by the way, I'll gladly do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, um, yeah, I feel like that's a pretty critical area. And then what else have you kind of found? Like, so you, you're onboarding, you know, new company, what other information did you kind of wish you had coming in? Um, you know, what was really inf- interesting that a lot of companies don't necessarily have today is a system like, you know, I, I would say enterprise level <laughs> documentation of their system, but even just like a business process model, like any sort of standard of documentation to visualize their system architecture, product architecture, is, it would be super helpful. I think that's such a useful tool. I mean, when you see people that are um, running around on fire with bugs and don't know who to go for where, and, you know, half of their sprint is bugs or, you know, not, not saying that that's the case in my new job, but you know, I've, I've seen that, um, having that institutional knowledge of how the product functions, what systems talk to what, um, at the right level and be able to get into the detail is super helpful. The hardest part is keeping that up to date. And so I've seen a lot of frameworks like, um, there's the TOGAF model, BPMN or, um, uh, what was the other one? Archimate is the one that keeps like kind of really regular updates, but, uh, so, so there's gotta be some sort of modern product architecture that we can kind of lean on to, to show this relationship and spread that knowledge and give the PMs tools to dive in deep. Um, I, you know, and I've been experimenting, I think BPMN seems the one to most resonate with, um, where, you know, for me personally, maybe visually, I I like to learn that better that way. So just giving them that level, um, for me, that would have been helpful, right. Coming into it, I could say, Oh, this system talks here, you know, these are the things we're kind of working with. Uh, that's always helpful. Uh, Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. Like true systems architecture and like getting a lay of the land of the front end, the back end and all aspects of the product. I think that's something that most people really don't think about is that there yeah. are these systems in place that are bigger than the UX. And I feel like that's where a lot of people make the mistake in product is mm-hmm. they kind of just say, oh my God, product's about delivering what's on the surface, right? Mm. But they often forget that as a PM, you have to have a full scope understanding of the back end of the system, the way in which you interact with customers, the way mm-hmm. in which data moves around the system you know, where you get your analytics and your metrics from. And, you know, that's, think, a, that's good to a, co- a cohesive understanding. So the most useful tool, what you just described, and I encourage you to look it up if you're not familiar with it, anyone listening is called customer service blueprinting. This is something that we found um, in, in a prior company. And I just found it so such a useful tool because you start with that customer journey, that experience. And, and you know, think about analogies, right? The, the way to equate this is like if you and your partner go to dinner, you, you kind of go check in, you, you um, make a reservation, you go sit down, you order food, you then check out and then you leave. And that's your customer experience, right? That's the interactions that you had. That's the experience you had. All this stuff happens behind the scenes that you just don't see that goes into it. So customer service blueprinting gives you that visual of like, here's that journey. Here are the actions that you took. And then here's this technology or person that you interacted with. And then a subset down of that, what are the backstage actions that enabled that experience to happen? And so thinking of, well, um, you, you interacted with the waiter, you gave them an order, the waiter took that order back to the chef, and then the chef 
um, had to order the food and they had to cook the food and prepare the food. And they got this potato here. They got this, you know, carrot at this farmer's market. And it eventually it got back to you. And, and this was the experience that you had. So you equate that to like software and, and, and kind of what you interact with on the day to day, even hardware, right? Um, I go log into this platform. I click this button to sign in with Google. What happens? I go to OAuth zero and Auth zero does this. And, you know, it kind of gives you that visual. And so I really encourage PMs to own that journey and the, in the customer service blueprint template, that's an ability to go deep on your, your specialty, right? You can understand the ins and outs of each step of that journey. What goes into that experience and, easy tool for efficiencies and uh, bottlenecks and um, a great uh, ideation tool um, when you're looking to improve that experience. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's, and we've kind of done some of those things in like lucid charts or in Miro mm-hmm. about mapping end to end. And you're right. Like those are some pretty critical things. The key thing, you know, what's really interesting here is a lot of this could be perfected. How do we, other than, you know, we kind of have to get your org to dedicate time to it. And that's one of those challenging pieces as well, right? Documentation is uh, the thankless task that nobody ever wants to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How do you change that story, right? Like, how do you make that a priority? And, uh, you know, without this, we can't make a good product, you know? Or, or without this, we're not, you know, um, being becoming experts in of our of our specific area of focus. And without this, we can't uh, we can't truly service our customers in a way that uh, uh, really moves the business forward uh, without this visibility. So if you if you flip that conversation as opposed to a necessary evil to like a requirement or like uh, you know not not pushing people to do it, but just, you know, you can speak to the value of it. Right. So if you, if you were able to do that and translate that to a customer output or value, um, yeah, I think improvement to the experience. Right. Right. I think it's, it's like a little changes go a long way, long way. Right. Job is the first question. Cause if you, like I said before with like, say Google docs, right. Excellent for collaboration, easy for people to do. All they do is type in docs.google and boom, you can create your own new doc in a split second. But the challenge is like that information gets lost. And so you have to really put some thought into yeah. your directory structure, your higher your information yeah. hierarchy. You know, you yes. PMs Super create yeah. yeah, PMs create documentation on a regular basis, right? strategy presentations, um, strategy docs, product briefs, everything that we create is really the living archetype of what you're talking about. You want to go look at the historical Mm -hmm. information. It's up to, I think, kind of product leadership to take a step back and think about how can we preserve that information, that brain trust that the product team is creating on a day-to-day basis, right? and then make it serviceable to everybody else and do it in a way where, you know, people have the access, but also it doesn't slow anything down. And that was one of the the challenges that I ran into is like, you know, Hey, we're getting everybody to like, they're already doing this documentation. Can we get it in the right spot? Can we do something that's a low level of effort to like move things into the right place? You know, and I found like all these little things about it, right? Like people not wanting to move a document into a shared folder because well, if you do that and then it's publicly available, what if somebody's 
reading it while I'm writing mm. it. I'm in the middle of working on it. And like that anxiety, like, I mean, it's funny, yeah. like, all the little things that go into this. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Like thinking maybe, maybe we found a niche. I'm sure there's a product out there that exists. Like I've seen Coda. I haven't really messed around with it much, but is there kind of like a consumer driven product out there that helps with documentation? I mean, think about search experience, right? Like thinking about documentation as a product internally, like how the success of the use of it and it's so much valuable to the production of your team. And so how do you productize documentation and you can maybe tag things, you can have all this information hierarchy to, to navigate. Like there, there could be a lot of interesting tools and ways to easily uh, bubble up that information as you go deep on a specific topic or, 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 you know, follow your curiosity, essentially, there's gotta be interesting tools out there. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, there definitely has to be hell. It's probably a new startup idea, Kevin. Uh, we'll <laughs> there we go on this one here. Um, <laughs> All right. We're not publishing this episode. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I was going to say like, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head for any of these things. Right. I, you know, just even talking, you know, you kind of think through like what the real problem in the, in this space is, right? Like if we get to the heart of the problem with like, mm-hmm. why is it a challenge for PMs to onboard? And it's like your manager creates an onboarding document for you, right? It's usually customized because we want to customize it to you because you have different needs than any person who comes in. But at the same time, right? Like that institutional knowledge that's gained over frankly, like a year or more, that's like, that's the real brain trust that we want everybody to have. And that's what we want people to get to, but simplifying that from, you know, oh my God, I've been here for six, eight months. And I finally know as much about the system as I can have to, how can I get somebody to get up to speed on that in two months? Right. I mean, that's the fundamental, that's the fundamental challenge. And See, and like as a product leader, measuring that and being able to optimize towards team efficiency, I mean, yeah. that that's, it's a different type of product management enabling your team. I mean, that, that step of senior product manager to, to, you know, product leaders, there's this chasm of like new skills that you learn and, and need to specialize in um, to, to actually, uh, you know, grow your team effectively. And I think one of those things is enabling them to do great things. And, and how do you enable them? How do you measure enablement? Everyone's different. Everyone gets up to speed differently. Everyone grows and produces differently. And how do you give them access to that right information to empower them to be successful? You know, it's funny. So we, I, I do a thing with like onboarding here at Ibotta. And one of the first tasks after 30 days, I ask that our new PMs give a presentation to me and other product leaders and their goal is to tell us everything they've learned about Ibotta's business model, everything that they know about how our company makes makes money, and ultimately how their squad fits into that. Mm-hmm. And that 30-day checkpoint I've always found is very critical. Now, granted, I, in my onboarding doc, give as much information and background and context on this as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. But I also give them a list of people to connect to and conversations Mm. to have so that they can start building that organizational understanding. So after 30 days, like I'm already asking like, Hey, what have you learned? And I want you not to, and the process of actually saying like putting a little bit of onus on the, the PM too, to say like, Hey, one of the skills we expect you to have is that you do suss this information out. And 
that I've found is like one of the most critical checkpoints is like, Hey, get up and talk, tell us what you've learned. And from there, I can usually gauge pretty quickly, like, okay, some of that institutional knowledge is starting to get transferred. And if it's not, that's always also a good checkpoint for me to say, okay, cool. I need to like, maybe do a little bit more handholding with this particular person. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's your checkpoint. You can kind of assess the progress of that onboarding experience or this you know, up to speed knowledge. I mean, the, the other thing is you hire for competency, right? So you assume yeah. you, you hire slow, you hire for competency, you assume coming into them, they have the competency. I mean, there's always flaws in the hiring process. So you have the best intention to their growth. And then if they don't achieve those milestones during this check-in, you know, this handholding concept. Like, I wonder if we can challenge that even further to say, well, did they have access to the right materials? Did they know where to look? Like, why is it that they're not able to um, provide this uh, expectation that I, I set forth initially? Um, being able to, again, go back to the root, right? Like, what is the root of it? And then addressing that um, would be kind of interesting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's like, I feel like that's just kind of our at least that's one of the things we're trying to move through one bit. It's right. Like a product brief isn't going to give you that context. It might add some detail, but you want somebody to have a bigger lever of scope. And usually I start by framing it. Like the first thing I want you to understand is your squad and your squad's importance relative to the organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. Then I want you to understand your subgroup and your subgroup's importance mm-hmm. relative to the whole and what your te- what teams near you do. And then after that, I want you to understand your group. I want you to understand who else is around me in this broader context. Why are they important to the end, the, uh, to the business as a whole? And how can I build empathy with that? And last but not least, I want people to be like, cool. And now that I understand my group's context, I want to know what other groups exist at this business and what importance those other teams have and how those teams impact the business and how they drive what we ultimately deliver. And it's like, you kind of have to, you start small, right? And then you build it up and you build it up. And every time you're adding context and you're adding information and hopefully doing it in a way that when somebody new is coming in, they don't get overwhelmed. Although, you know, we always say, right, it's the equivalent of drinking from a fire hose for your first month Mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Um, well, let's, let's wrap it up and give homework to our users here. Um, outside of, of trying to um, create this new product opportunity that we identified. <laughs> um, I, I would say, you know, homework wise being identify those critical inputs um, that led to your success being a product manager in your role and make that accessible for the team, put forth standards. If you don't have a documentation standard, if you don't have a go-to make it, make it a point there. It's an important, it's a, it's such a, an important thing to have a place to go to and, and rely that there's always going to be this type of information there. And if it's not, you know, um, mandated rather, uh, it, it, you know, it's kind of ignored. And so, so take a leadership role in, in, in defining what that looks like for your team. And if you're coming into a company, uh, in this information is not there, understand what, you know, from what we discussed, what information that you need to be successful in your role, seek it out and organize it. 
um, take the lead on that. And, and that will really help you in your career be better, but it also like establish your um, product leadership coming in and, and be able to help you grow your career and, and others as well. Um, so, so that, that's what I would give. What, what would you give, uh, give out Lou? I'd say that if you're a product leader of an organization, finding an efficient way to store the brain trust of your team is something that you should be directly focused on, regardless of what tool it is. And you should be democratizing the ownership of it, right? One person can't be in charge of documenting an entire org. You know, it has to go to every single individual and you have to get everybody involved in it. And you have to do it in a way that's sustainable. And, you know, that's a challenge that we're still actively working through. Um, it's a challenge that I don't think will ever go away for any organization. Mm -hmm. So as a, you know, in the product leadership role, think about like, I want to enable people to do their job. But part of their job is ensuring that this information gets passed along and that everybody's up to speed when it comes in. Well, thank you guys for, uh, taking this time and, and hearing us out. And, um, it looks like we finished up our coffee, so please rate review, subscribe. Um, we have some exciting news. Um, we have a really big product leader in the space. We've talked about it many times coming up in one of our uh, next, maybe next one or two episodes. We'll see exactly when the date is, but uh, we have Marty Kagan is coming. Very excited to have him be on the show. So we're going to interview him um, and we'll release the topic soon. Um, but very excited for that. So another announcement before we close out, um, we are going to be switching over to a different feed. And so we'll notify you guys as that happens, but um, we had kind of had two management platforms of this um, and we're moving over to one singular one. And so if you are currently subscribed, you might need to resubscribe, but we will let you know and be pretty loud about that on all the channel. So thank you so much for your time and uh, go level up. Mm -hmm.